Okay, here we go. Oh, so Catherine and I were just chatting earlier on and uh, she was saying, oh, this is my favorite uh, pearl of wisdom, which is what she said from the first one. And I'm telling her that as I'm writing these down, you know, and I'm like, thinking, oh my God, I want to get to that one. You know, can I have the eighth one before the second one? But I'm supposed to do them in a particular sequence. I think it's just about the preparedness of uh, each one of us, um, which is why they are coming through to be delivered in a particular sequence. Uh, so welcome everyone. I've had a number of, um, number of you and, and, and others who watched the anger pearl of wisdom um, ask a number of uh, very potent questions as they've been, they've implemented uh, some of the wisdom that has come through. Um, so as you know, I, I feel that it's from point, from time to time, Catherine and I will take the one or two pearls of wisdom and just do a session where we share how people are implementing these and what's coming up for them and the kind of questions they've asked and, and how, what I have responded because that is a powerful session in itself. Um, so today our focus is on anxiety release, anguish relinquish. They are a bit poetic, huh? Spirit is a bit poetic here. Uh, so the first piece that is coming through here is for us to understand what is anguish. And then we'll go to anxiety. And it's, it's, it's a little bit like, you know, they are very connected to one another and one leads to the other and the, the other leads to, to the other and it goes on like that. It's like a, it's like a downward spiral that begins. So let's look at anguish first of all, and then we'll go to, into um, anxiety. So anguish is anxiety combined with a feeling of helplessness. And that is what causes anguish. And just like a chemical reaction between um, you know, different chemicals, you know, if you have got two chemicals and they're going to react in, in an explosive way, you make sure that you keep them separate until you're able to dispose of them or utilize them for whatever purpose you want. You had them there in the first place. So if, if I was just, uh, so what I saw was that, you know, but it's interesting beginning with anguish and understanding what anguish is which is anxiety combined with helplessness creates the explosive reaction of anguish. So how do you work with, you know, anguish? Anxiety by itself is not that, it's, it's not that difficult to deal with. You know, and I know there are people who may be experiencing anxiety would say, well, you have no idea what you're talking about. So I, I respect the space that you're in and just allow me to continue sharing what is coming through. And then let's see what emerges from that sharing. So it, it is, uh, you know, you feel anxious, 
when you're about to speak to an audience, sometimes you feel anxious when you're meeting someone after a long time, however excited you may be, but there's, there's a little bit of anxiety there. There's, a, there's anxiety when you have that flutter in your, um, in your stomach, where you know something quite uh, unusual and um, you know, possibly even romantic about to happen, but you don't know what that is. And then of course there's anxiety associated with all sorts of situations such as fear, such as uh, you know, having done something and feeling guilty about it and being anxious at being found out. So, you know, we, my point of sharing this is one way or another, there's a little bit of anxiety piece going on in our field. It's, anxiety is not always negative. It's, a, it's literally a vibration that creates a sort of, you know, movement in our field, like a current, which is slightly different than the congruent current of being human, which is love. So anxiety does exist in our field. Where, where the focus is to be is to ensure that we don't get, we don't hold helplessness somewhere. Because if, if you recognize that somewhere there is this helplessness and, and that, that helplessness, you ignore it. You, you put it under the carpet. It often happens. And especially at this time, you know, when we find that our loved ones aren't following the protocols and we can't do anything about it. You know, like I sometimes feel because my son still goes to his office space in Germany, you know, and he's the only one that, that is going into the office for his, if I'm from his side. He says, well, I get into my car and I get to the office and I'm the only one, you know, and Germany, German, the cases are rising. I also know having had COVID that it's actually not the end of the world if you do get it. But there is a little bit of like helplessness that's, that, that I noticed as I was working through the content of this particular pearl. That I can't do anything about it. I can't give this to him. I can't prepare him for it. So it's useful to recognize where there might be that little bit of helplessness because when helplessness multiplies, you know, first that feeling of helplessness is like, okay, you know, it's there. And then if you hold on to it, if you recognize it and it starts to multiply, that's when it starts to combine with anxiety. And for, the, for, a, for a considerable period of time, you feel helpless and you feel a little bit anxious the multiplied effect of when the two come together is so rapid that anguish just results. And when you're in anguish, anguish is a very, you know, like I, I talk about, you know, the, the universe is, is, is always watching, you know, what are we vibrating? Because it is there in service of us and it's modus operandi to apply a multiplier effect. So it's looking for what is it that we are vibrating. The moment the two come together and there is anguish, the universe just 
who takes that and multiplies. And it's one of those very rapid, very potent, very catal you know, like a, like a catalytic um, chemical reaction equivalents that leads from one explosive experience to another, to another, to another, and you have hopelessness and you have what's the point and you have meaninglessness. It just multiplies, multiplies, multiplies. And that is what leads to that desperate form of anxiety, which is even beyond depression. Like my super worldly wise um, skeptic niece would, would say, well, you know, when you are in that space of anxiety, you know, we don't want to be lectured at. And, and you get there very rapidly. But you, anxiety by itself does not get you there. That was an exciting thing, an exciting revelation to understand. That anxiety by itself does not get you there. It's only when that helplessness is combined with it and there's a, that anguish reaction that starts to happen, that multiplies. And that gets you into a state of feeling that, that depression. Now, there are many symptoms. So, you know, once you understand that, okay, this is what is going on. Anxiety is there. It's there in every, everyone's field. You know, for, uh, for, for me, most of the time now, you know, I can actually see anxiety and it just literally comes and it's there in my field and it goes. It very rarely does it actually have a physical effect on my body anymore, you know. And the corona time has given us a whole variety of anxiety experiences. You know, from the excitement of, you know, Bitcoin catapulting like crazy, uh, <laughs> where, you know, there's the, the multiplier effect of investments that some people have made is just like phenomenal that's going on from that to having to learn new technology. So all of those that they have their own little, you know, um, variety of anxiety, it's there. It's there. Anxiety by itself does not grip you. Anxiety combined with helplessness, and hence this pearl isn't just about anxiety release. It could have been, and it isn't. It is a combination of the two. I don't know if you can hear the dogs in the background, but they've suddenly got very animated and excited. <laughs> so it's a combination of the two that leads to depression. Anguish is really at the foundation of depression, not anxiety. Anxiety is there. By itself, it does not cause depression. It is an ingredient and an important ingredient for the de depression results, but it by itself, you can actually release it. We'll come to that in a minute with some very specific practices that you can use to release it. So I like to get very practical about this stuff. You know, it's, it's useful to understand 
that anguish uh, helplessness is a very important ingredient to combine with anxiety to produce the, rea the reaction which results in anguish. Anguish then, anguish multiplies just because it's a strong vibration and it starts to magnetize that which starts to deplete your life force and power away very rapidly. And in no time at all, you start to experience depression. As we're talking about anxiety and anguish and then you know how they react and we lead up to depression, Depression, just energetically, so I mean, I, I take the words and I always look at the energetics of it. Energetically, depression is the expression of disconnectedness. And that expression of disconnectedness, um, you know, you people don't, people express it in a whole variety of ways. Sometimes that expression is in the form of self-annihilation. Other times it's a, it, the expression is in the form of you know, over-expression, like speaking, 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 you know. It's very useful, even if you notice yourself going into it, or you notice somebody else in that space, telling them that you know, you empathize with them that they are depressed does not actually get them out of it. Understanding that depression is an expression of disconnectedness. Where you go if you wish to address it is go to the helplessness piece. And in your communication, you know, if you can, if you already know what someone is feeling helpless about or what you are feeling helpless about, rather than dwelling in that, if you can just work with where is it that you are actually feeling powerful. Now I know, I understand that when someone is in, 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 in the dumps and feeling really low, they don't feel powerful anywhere. I get that. And if you are that person, that you are feeling that way, it's useful to understand that while depression has been diagnosed as a condition, energetically, it's an expression of disconnectedness. Just find yourself, find yourself connecting to something. And the moment you start acknowledging that connection, and then you find something else, and then you find something else, you literally only do it three times, the universe takes over, and you actually 
reverse the spin and you start feeling connected because depression is really only an expression of your disconnectedness, your expression starts to shift. Now you're able to go into the helpless. Where am I feeling helpless? If you are with someone who is in that state, feeling depressed, what you can do to serve them is to hold the space for them to connect with something. And rather than talking about their condition or dwelling on anything, but sometimes people talk and talk and talk a lot. And even there, even in their speaking, they are not connected. Use the, use the vibration of nature. Even if there is no nature, sometimes, you know, and um, whilst I have personally have not experienced depression myself, I have had a very major situation occur with my son. And it was chemical induced at the time, but then once it sets in, it's, it's a very personal reaction. It may be induced by chemical, it doesn't matter, you know the person themselves is, is experiencing it. So there, are, there were times where he just did not want to get out of the huddle that he was in. There was no nature. We had lots of nature, but he did not want to step out of it, out of his little room. So, I had to bring nature in. I was not so spiritually awakened at the time. I did, I knew about the okayness of the, of the trees. So I just connected to the trees myself and brought that okayness vibe in. And I just held the space. And as a mother of, of a child who's going through this, I had big dollops of helplessness that were present at the time. <clears throat> My usual reaction for, in situations like this is I consciously do not allow anxiety to set in. So whilst helplessness was there, I was not anxious. I was just totally and utterly determined that this too shall pass. So once you understand the dynamic of helplessness, anxiety, and that depression is an expression of disconnectedness, you can start working with one or the other as, you know, as, as, as uh, an ingredient that could come together and create this catastrophic result. But you could start working with one of them. I find when I'm, when I'm working with people, and I mean, you know, since I've started doing the Journey into Miracles, we have had many, many, many people that have been in different states of anguish, anxiety, depression, that have been part of the journey. And I know the one that you did in Bali, Catherine, we had a mother-son situation that was so present. And that was the depression expression 
with, with uh, aggressive um, dynamics between a mother and son. And once I got that, okay, it's an expression of disconnectedness, we did bring in lots of nature spirits. The risk there is when someone is in that space of expressing that disconnectedness in their way, they are, they are not interested in anything else. That can happen. In which case, if you're the one that is wanting to support them, all you are to do is hold the space. Because the bottom line is, the person may be in this dire state of depression, where there's nothing that you can do or say that's going to, to avert that. Their heart is still beating. You know, it is still singing. And the soul being, which is really the speck of consciousness and light, is still there within them. So you holding that space, like, you know, that they will connect to something. And knowing what you know, I know that most of you here have done so much of, of my work. That you, know, you can just bring in the nature spirits, spirits, nature spirits, which are which hold the innate vibe of uh, of okayness. You can be present in your innate vibe as a human of love, and hold the space, just like in a laboratory. You know, when a chemical reaction between two chemicals has begun and it's an explosive reaction. You don't shove your finger and you don't shove anything in that. You allow that to play out, but you create an environment that is safe so that that reaction can, you know, get to its, to its end and not destroy everything around them, around it. Similarly, in this situation, you hold the space, bring in your own vibe of love. If the person is in a speaking state, let them speak it out. Let them keep speaking. Allow you to receive their expression. and they'll start making that connection. And that's an entry point for you to then speak about things that you might have picked up, that person is feeling helpless about. Make it a discussion. What I found very helpful for myself and what I have found very helpful when I'm working with people who are experiencing any of these three situations. Is to play around with listening. So, you know, let's say, um, 
so play around with this. So let's say I'm feeling a little bit of hopelessness or helplessness, sorry. And there's a little bit of anxiety going on somewhere in my field because it's, it's there in everyone's field. I switch, I shift my listening of myself. And sometimes, you know, when you shift your listening of yourself, it's quite surprising what you hear yourself say. We aren't even aware that sometimes we are, we are propagating that, oh, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, I don't know what... So there's so much of that going on, which is, which is literally like, like the spark that is bringing together the helplessness and anxiety to activate the chemical reaction between them. So use listening. Let's say you're working with someone else who is in this space. And that someone else could be you, and it could be some. It could be someone completely different. Shift your listening. So sometimes you will listen with the intention of receiving, not necessarily getting into a discussion. But you're listening and receiving, and that's it. The person fe feels received. And a connection is made. A snap out of it. Other times, you will listen with the, with the intention of clearing. That is not listening and receiving. That is you're, you're listening and you're holding the container that whatever is being spouted out into that space is just going to clear. It's not going to enter you. It's not going to enter that person. And, you know, people say, well, how do, we, how do we listen to clear? How do we listen to receive? What's the difference? How do we work with that? Listen, listening to, with the intention of receiving calls you to be present. Like you are there. If your mind is going somewhere and it starts to, to you know, think of things to respond to, I always say, if you're actually going to enter a, a situation where you're going, to, uh, you're going to be listening and with the intent of receiving, just create an imaginary you know, thought bucket. So the moment any thought comes in, you just go you know, in the bucket. It allows you to be present. And all of this stuff can be done in the moment. You know, I'm, I'm saying it. You don't have to go into any big space and meditate or anything like that. I mean, you know, you'll, you'll know this is, I'm just going to listen to the purpose of receiving, thought bucket, there. Okay, you're there. Now, when you're listening with the intention of clearing, I quite like like an imaginary thing. I, I, I I like to imagine that there is um, like a river flowing or a stream flowing and everything that is being state is stated there is just being washed off, taken out by the stream. I have to do nothing. All I'm to do here is to just hold the space. That's it. 
I don't even need to worry about whether I'm present or I'm not present. You know, hold the space. That's the key thing. I'm just going to hold the space. Whatever is there, that's going to be cleared. What, what, I, what, I, what you will keep your attention on is the yummy, yucky state. So I was talking about uh, what it is like when you're listening in different ways. Um, so uh, listening with receiving, we talked about where it is, uh, it's about presence. You get yourself into a state of presence. Listening with the intention of clearing. Uh, so just going back to listening with receiving, what helps presence in that stay in that situation is to have one, a bucket, you know, like a, uh, a thought bucket. So just in case your that little voice in your head starts to become very, uh, you know, starts to chat too much, you can just dump it into the thought bucket. Now listening with the intention of uh, clearing, energetically you just imagine as if there's a stream flowing and whatever is being said is just going to be, just going to go into that stream and it's going to be washed, washed away, taken out of the space. What happens when you are listening with the intention of clearing to occur? It can sometimes feel um, you know, hurtful. It can sometimes generate all forms of very strong emotional responses that you feel you have to give. So just be very aware when you enter the realm of listening with the intention of clearing, you know, you are you are actively clearing yourself. So whilst presence enables you to listen and receive, there is nothing to be done within you other than you just be present in a very pure way. When you are listening with the intention of clearing, you are very actively engaged within you, noticing the yummy, yucky thing develop within you. The, 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 yucky, the yuckiness the moment that starts to build up, you know it's time for you to clear. So you just clear. And when I say you just clear, you don't need to get overly analytical or process oriented about it. It's like, okay, there's a stream, energetic stream flowing, in you go. Sometimes you may not even know why you're feeling yucky. You just put that yucky vibe in, into the stream and let it go. There is another form of listening, which is a really important one when you're working in this realm of you know, preventing that reaction or neutralizing the reaction. And this listening is a listening with acknowledgement. And it's a forward acknowledgement listening, I call it, where you are in your mind, you are connecting to the fact that the person that you're listening to is a magnificent being. And they may be saying all sorts of stuff, but when in through your listening, you can shift the state of the other person. So you listen to them as a magnificent being. 
And you will be so surprised, like literally sometimes within seconds and most definitely within minutes, the communication of this person completely shifts. This was, this was, this is what I did with my son when he was going through his state of uh, anguish and depression and, and stuff. I just listened by, you know, with this forward acknowledgement listening. And that started to calm him down. He didn't necessarily change what he was saying. And at, at times where he was not speaking, he was actually not, at times he was, when he was <clears throat> speaking too much, there were also times where he, you could not get through to him. Anything you did, he just would not speak. And there were times where, you know, all he could say was, I don't know, this is really bad. What has happened is really bad. But he wouldn't tell me what has happened. It was a chemical induced reaction. So I had no idea that something like this would even, even deliver. I literally went into this forward acknowledgement of, of listening to a person who is so knowledgeable and so aware of his own well-being. He was not in that state at all. all. All I could hear was, I don't know, I don't know. It's all like really messed up. My head is messed up. Something bad has happened. That's what I could hear. But I just created that acknowledgement in my head. There is another form of listening, which is, I mean, listening is like, I would say there are seven forms of listening. So you've got listening with receiving, which calls you to be present, listening with clearing, which got, calls you to be very alert and vigilant with your own yummy, yucky feelings in your body. There's listening with forward acknowledgement that I'm talking about right now. And the fourth form of listening is listening, like intentional listening. Where you hold an intention from that interaction. And you, you hold the intention and just energetically, when you enter that space, you put that intention like a stake in the ground. There was a very specific time where um, you know, this is quite some time ago, you know, my son was 11 at the time and he went through a phase where he experienced anorexia and he also started get, getting into self-harm as, you know, anxiety turned to anguish and then got into a state of um, depression and we went to the hospital and uh, in, in, in England, they have a child protection um, act and the child protection agency, they immediately assume that when a child is going through all this stuff, there's something bad going on at home. So they take over. Like you have no rights over your child when that happens. It was a crazy experience for us to go through. 
So at that time, and, there, and then there would be a whole series of interviews that would be video, you know, there would be videos in the room where um, as, as since he was a minor, I was allowed to be in the room, but he would be the one that would be, that would be questioned. And from time to time, they would ask me questions. And I would go into that space with intention. And I didn't do anything other than I focused my attention on my child. And my intention was he's going to rise to his full potential. And I listened to every word that he said. Though some of it was like, oh my God, I really wish you hadn't said it because they might just you know, put you away in some institution for a few months. Um, I would just literally see it coming through and see it also passing out. I would just return back to the intention, return back to the intention until I became quite masterful. It took like nearly 45 days of these, like every other day, uh, interrogations in the hospital. Listening with intention. Because remember, everything is a vibration. Your intention has a vibration. So when you, when you put that intention like a stake in the ground, then that vibration is there, anchored. And as I have focused that, I had focused that intention very specifically on my son at the time, then he is receiving that vibration of that intention in his field. And really all I'm doing there is not interrupting, but just listening. There's another form of listening. And it's a listening for co-creation. And here, you're, this is where you're very vigilant. Being, vigilance is diff, being vigilant is different than being present. Yes, you're present, but you're vigilant. And you're, you're vigilant to openings for co-creation. Remember the context with which I'm talking about listening is, you know, uh, is anxiety, anguish, depression. So in, in that context, an opening for co-creation, sometimes you will express it. Other times you will know that, aha, this is where I can, right now this person is engrossed in communicating what they're communicating, but this is where I can be co-creating something with this person. And you may do it at that time, express it at that time, or you may do it a bit later. When someone is in a state of depression, given that depression is an expression of disconnectedness, interrupting that by coming up with a co-creation solution is intensely irritating. It disconnects them. It gets them to shut you out even more. But all you do when you're listening for co-creation, you're being vigilant to find those points of intervention that you're going to step into. And you then 
work with it either then or a bit later. And the seventh form of listening is a listening whilst being. So it's a being magic applied to listening. So those of you who've read my B book would know about that whole philosophy of choosing a B word. And all you are to do is listen. And whilst you're listening, you just keep your finger on the pulse that you are being what you have chosen to be. And remember, when you are being, you know, when you choose your B word, you don't just choose a word. When you choose a B word, you also define what that experience looks like. So this is uh, an addendum to the 108 pearls of wisdom. Uh, I was talking about the seven ways of listening. And I was uh, reminded that there was one particular way that I had not, um, not addressed. So even though I talked about the seven ways, people actually had only noted six. So here is the seventh one, which is unconditional listening. So often our listening is conditioned. It's conditioned based on uh, our own perception about what it is that we are expecting to listen, or our own perception of events. If someone says X, it's going to be followed by Y, and our reaction is going to be Z. Um, you know, there's like so. What happens is when you are not consciously practicing unconditional listening, and that your listening is conditional. Your your own voice in your head, this the one that is saying what voice is she talking about? That is so loud. And that is, that really interferes. And the person that you're interacting with uh, notices it. Energetically, they feel a disconnect. So if you are talking to someone who is experiencing depression, where depression is an expression of being disconnected, or you're speaking to someone that is, uh, you know, experiencing the helplessness, and therefore that is being added to the anxiety that already existed in the field and they were on their way or already in anguish and you are practicing conditional listening, um, it exasperates the situation. It becomes very, very disconcerting and it becomes something that takes you off connecting to the person that you are interacting with and they feel even more disconnected and the expression becomes louder and stronger. And, you know, so the depression deep dive worsens. Anguish multi multiplies and anxiety becomes even more reinforced. That's what happens. So unconditional listening. How do you practice that? What I say to people here is imagine that there is an energetic bucket and there's an energetic bucket on your right hand side and this is a bucket which is a thought bucket and in, in your thought is where the judgment and evaluation and what am I to say next or 
thoughts such as, oh, here they go again, or, oh my gosh, you know, I am such a failure, can't get through to them. Oh gosh, I'm feeling so helpless, I can't make a difference. All those thoughts, the moment they come in, you just dump them into the thought bucket and just be present. Dump them in the thought bucket, be present. And that is a, a way in which you start practicing unconditional listening for no reason. There is no discussion, there is no debate, when you choose to practice unconditional listening, you have a thought bucket next to you. Any thoughts that come in, go straight into that bucket. And you allow yourself to be fully present, receiving what is being shared with you and flowing with what chooses to come through when you have fully understood where the other person is at. Unconditional listening connects you deeply to the other person. They experience that depth of connection. So, you know, when someone is depressed, taking them into a place that enables that connection, nature does that very powerfully. And where if, let's say, there is no nature and you come home after a walk in nature and they, they go back into a deep dive, depressive state again, you know, you practice unconditional listening. You bring about that same vibe of okayness to the person that you're interacting with. So have a go with that as you work with this pearl of wisdom, anxiety, anguish, and depression. Listening is a very powerful and yet very soft, gentle, and quite certain way of turning around the explosiveness into a calm release when you are in this environment of anxiety, anguish, and depression. The most important aspect to remember when you're dealing with a situation like this is to remain connected with what is and know that there is nothing to fix. It is what it is. What it is. It's playing out the way it's playing out. It's nothing to fix. I sometimes say to people, you know, just get, get fixed about that, that there is nothing to fix. that it gives you the freedom to dance in the moment. And I'm using, you know, the, um, like there is another person that is there in the clearing and you're working with this person that you're supporting, but that person could sometimes be you. Knowing what we know about the universe and how that works, What I, what I invite people to take on is to proactively bring the universe in. And you don't have to do anything with the universe, you know, because the universe, yes, you can place the order with the universe to have you be aware of your vibrations so that you can be uplifting them more and more but just know the universe, the moment the universe is brought in and it is in any way, 
It is plugged into every sensory organ in you. And it's picking up its cues and orders from everywhere. So let's go back and look at, you know, just to do a, a quick recap. Depression is the expression of disconnectedness. And all that is to do there is hold the space, bring in stuff like you know, the vibe of nature. It could be a flower, it could be a plant, it could be an intention, it could be just some photos on, your compu on the computer that starts to just open up that door of connectedness. That breaks the depression pattern. Anguish is helplessness added to anxiety. That creates the alchemic reaction and you have anguish. So when you, are, when you experience anguish, and the corona time has certainly brought that to the forefront for so many of us, you just focus your attention on where are you feeling helpless. You can go into the listening with the intention of clearing for yourself. That imaginary stream that is running, you know, wherever, whenever you uncover, this is where I feel helpless, this is where I feel helpless. It just goes into your stream and gets washed away. Before you can step away from the anguish part, you know, and when, you're, when you start engaging with helplessness, it's also important to look at where are you feeling certain? You know, where are you feeling that you do have some power? The power, the solution lies in the acknowledgement. We are, we are doing beings, you know, we are so engrossed in the doing race that we always want to do stuff. But actually just a simple acknowledgement is, is where the true power lies. Well, what happens usually is we acknowledge, ah, this is where I'm feeling strong and we start doing, and then we, let's say, crash or something else happens outside our control. And then it's like, oh my God, I can't even do that. But if you actually took the time and acknowledged and then look for, is there anything else where, is there any other place that I feel powerful? You have such a great collection of stuff that you have generated yourself and that you have acknowledged and recognized where you are feeling powerful. So before you start doing, do that, you know? So when you start doing, and if something doesn't quite work, you know there's, some, there's a whole collection of stuff that's there. And these are things that you can engage with in a practical way. It's useful to understand the quality of the anxiety. Quantity really doesn't matter. 
So when I do my anxiety stop take, and I do it from time to time, even now I do it from time to time. I'm engaging with, okay, what's the quality of this? And my quality barometer is good, bad, ugly, beautiful. I really keep it very simple. And then I apply listening. Listening for receiving. So if it's an anxiety, that's all about good, but it's actually like, I don't know how it's going to turn out. Okay. I receive that. If it's anxiety that's like, has that a yucky feeling, it gets cleared. You choose one of the seven forms of listening. But a stop take is important. What's pretty powerful is really understanding, this understanding that anxiety is, is there anyway in most of our fields. Sometimes it is ours, sometimes it is of it is others, sometimes it's just in the environment and we've picked it up, so it's there. Helplessness is where your attention should be. So that that is, that is like captured and is not multiplied. And the moment you notice any little speck of helplessness, you also look at where you are feeling powerful. And in closing this particular pearl, I would like to say, and I know that it's probably something running in, in some of your minds, that I haven't talked about hope or hopefulness. In the context of anxiety and anguish and depression, hope brings in an, an undercurrent and an undertone of worry. Hope does not help because it comes laden with that undertone that what if it doesn't work? You're trying this. What if it doesn't work? Hope comes with its, with its comrade trying. Trying is so trying, it's exhausting. Hope brings in that undercurrent of, of worry, which is what if it doesn't work? You do not require trying and you do not require an undercurrent of what if it doesn't work. Get real, get real, make an empowered choice. Connection, connectedness lies in, in, in what's real, in engaging with what's real. Forward momentum comes from making the move and taking action.
So whatever you do, do not bring hope in. And do not try anything. Take your time. Do an anxiety stop take. And know the quality of these anxieties. Use the seven forms of listening to discern which one will you apply to address the bad and the ugly anxiety issues. Keep your finger on the pulse. Be vigilant about the helplessness, the areas where that helpless feeling is there. Again, use the seventh form of listening. And if you are depressed or you're dealing with someone else, know that it's an expression of disconnectedness. And when you are not in that state of depression, you're actually feeling good, you know, just make sure that you keep building your treasure trove of stuff that gets you connected again. It may even be little knots on, you know, pieces of cloth, which hold particular memories. It could be wishing uh, rocks or whatever it may be. Keep building that treasure trove. And this is the second pearl of wisdom. <laughs> Over to you, Catherine. Thank you so much, Minu. Um, you know, I'm just awakening to the realization of how powerful we really and truly are. And it's, it's so incredible to hear these seven forms of listening. I think a few of us only got six. So maybe in the replay, we'll listen out for that seventh. Um, I know it's time. So I don't want to take too much of everyone's time. We're just so grateful that everyone is able to be here every Thursday night. We'll have a third Pearl of Wisdom coming up next week. And we will get back to you, Vince, with that seventh, if we didn't cover it. Um, so thank you all so much. And I think we would all want to close tonight with a word of, you know, just what we're present to, what we're feeling. And I just want to say I'm awakening once again to this realization of not just the power of who, who I am, but the collectiveness, the collectiveness of all of us and how powerful we all are. So if you want to put down your words or your thoughts in the chat, I will read them for Minu. Okay, chat. Okay, okay chat. <laughs> Open heart. Thank you, Kenneth. So beautiful. Listening to goodness. Connectedness to all of you and choosing powerful. Much gratitude. Empowered embrace, gratitude, happy. Ooh, choosing to be happy. I really, really love that. Empathy, so true. Feeling my connectedness to my power and presence beautifully. Very grateful to understand the art of listening. I agree, Asha. This is a whole new awakening to how we listen. Having intention to live that way we would like. Exactly. 
Gratitude and thanks again, Minu. Listening, wow. Feeling joy. Love thyself. Thank you for that reminder, Renell. Sometimes if we just come back to that, makes everything a whole lot better. But as we close, if anyone wants to continue to put words in, please do. I, I hope that you got as much out of that as I did. I don't even know how Minu continues to come up with this extraordinary wisdom and, and the way it flows is so unbelievable. So joyful awareness from Joanne. Listen to the voice from within. Love, commitment to thriving. Yes, Sarah. Done with surviving. We are ready to thrive. 2021, here we come. Oh, my goodness. So what we have one more, and then I think it's next year, 2021. Thank you so much, Minu. I'm going to if you have any last words of wisdom, I think you've said so many valuable tips, so many gold nuggets tonight that we're just going to have to stay with this and let it sink in. It's going to take a little while. This one was quite rich in information. Um, I, would, uh, I would say that, uh, you know, if there is something you practice between now and the next week, um, you just uh, you practice different forms of listening. You know, you could do one, one form of listening a day, you know, and you'll start mastering it. Love that. And what a gift, not only for us, but for the loved ones in our lives. Now that we understand listening better, what we can do for others is, is profound. So mm -hmm. a few more came in. Powerful and wise and patient listening. Love the shift to calm and connected. And I think with that, we're all in and probably we need to close out the night. We'll get back to you with the seven so everyone will have them. Thank you guys so much for being here. Always a joy. Such profound wisdom from Minu. And we will see you right here. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> see you all soon.